that are actually legal to do in this country and show up and protest and peacefully protest. That isn't it. And, and there's not like a, other than, you know, threatening violence or actually starting violence, which we know the country's been burning. Rome has been burning for the past year or so. We've watched this go on. Monuments torn down. The country's burning. No one is held accountable except for conservatives for a fake insurrection that more and more evidence is pointing to your appalling, you know, um, national security, quote, apparatus, which appears to be completely defunct. It, is, it has been infiltrated to the nth degree. And that's not to throw those of you who are part of the intel community and part of that apparatus who are decent, law-abiding, you know, constitutionally avowed, um, you know, workers within the beehive. If that's not you, if that shoe doesn't fit, don't put it on. Don't get offended. Hopefully, you know, kind of like the alphabet suit people or people who are gay, bi, trans, whatever, who subscribe to, you know, a a whatever type of sexuality outside of heterosexuality. Um, I, you know, I constantly remind you guys, don't get offended by my alphabet spoop, uh, speak, my alphabet soup speak. Be, boy, that was close because... <laughs> I was about to say alphabet spook speech spook speech. Bleh. <laughs> I love it when that happens when I'm on live radio. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> I always get callers who are just like giggling because they're in traffic and they just need like some alphabet spook speech speech. <laughs> so, and you get it. And the world is so pent up. People need sex. We're either so hypersexualized and we're like so not connected. Right? Or we're just so sanctimonious that we can't talk about it. Who cares about sex right now, Monica? The, the country's burning. Right? If the shoe doesn't fit, if you're more than a letter in the alphabet, then don't get offended by my offense toward the corporate entity called the LGBT corporate, LGBTQ corporate cabal. Because they are, they are, they are organized for division. That is their number one uh, agenda, is to divide and conquer. And it's clearly working right but i see people as bigger than their sexuality as bigger than a letter in the alphabet i just think it's horrible that people are relegated to those terms and they accept it and so you're probably if you're an agency employee you're bigger than the agency sorry to you know confuse your bubble or whatever they've trained you to believe about who you are and what you are but you are infinitely more than your work so there. So if the shoe doesn't fit, then don't put it on. Now, as far as Tucker is concerned, he is convinced by a whistleblower that the NSA is spying on his communications and has evidence to that effect and brought it forth last night. And some people, some of my colleagues who are actually <laughs> part of the deep state, who will remain nameless, because even if I were to tell you who it is, you wouldn't believe me. Because you're that invested in their caricature of who they present themselves to be to you as media pundits. But they're not. I mean, they are because they talk about political stuff. But they're not who you think they are. And, you know, I love whistleblowers. I, I think, I, I believe in investigative journalists. I love Laura Logan. 
I love Michelle Malkin. I mean, these are like my girls who are just badasses and, and they are not afraid to bring the truth. Love it. Um, Emerald Robinson, love her. I don't know how much of an investigative journalist she is, but she is a journalist and I appreciate her opinions as well. And so there are women out there doing, you know, some dangerous work and I applaud them for that. I also think that some of that is, um, you know, it's mitigated risk on top of that. And as for me, uh, I do not see the glory in whistleblowing at the moment. You know why? Because no one's adjudicating anything back to the insurrectionists. No one's adjudicating anything. If the NSA is actually spying on Tucker, which I would not at all be surprised. I won't get into Snowden because I know many of you who are part of the Intel community are extremely hypersensitive to that word. That is a four-letter word, his name, Snowden. Because, well, A, you know, who runs to China? Right. I mean, that that's I, I have my own beef with with all of that. But but, uh, you know, the fact that we we there was other intel that was taken and shared that should absolutely not have been shared and put and put, you know, good Americans in danger and their families unnecessarily. And so some of you see him as a hero, but but for telling you what you already knew. Did you not already know that people have access to every single thing? I mean, we live in a perpetual two-way mirror. We just do. If you don't know that, and if you think what I'm speaking is spooky speak, it like I'm wearing my tinfoil hat during this, which I'm not, my hair is in a really cute ponytail at the moment. But if you really think that, that's, that this is spooky speak, that's like, you know, Alex Jones-ish for some of you who have a beef with him. Um, no, it's, it's, it just is what it is. You're dealing with humans who have ultimate access and you're asking them to operate within the confines of the law. And right now our country is riddled with lawlessness, which takes me back to tonight's bedtime stories, cookies and milk with Monica, uh, bedtime stories with Monica Matthews. We are talking about sex and really for one reason, because I'm drawing parallels between what you see happening in the country Really across the globe, but I'm primarily concerned with my country. Some would call me a nationalist, whatever. I'm a patriot. And I believe my nation comes first because, and I believe my kingdom comes first. And with that, I believe humans come first. And the liberation thereof comes first. But this is my country, and this is the country that the Lord placed me in for such a time as this. And so, therefore, I love and support my country first. Because if I take care of my home, then I'm better situated to and positioned to take care of others when needed. If I'm oppressed and the people in Mozambique are um, oppressed, then who's who's leading the other deliberation? Really simple constructs. Like if I'm part of a communist regime and my country is oppressed by communism or socialism, how exactly is it that I'm going to... Uh, liberate others from their communist regime. How, do, how, how does that work? So at any rate, I digress. But you're not going to want to miss tonight's um, tonight's bedtime stories. It's, it's good. It, there's nothing illicit. It, it is marked explicit. If you are part of my uh, Google family, my down, my podcasts, if you have subscribed on Google to that, Google Casts or Apple Cast, whatever, Apple 
all that stuff, uh, it requires that I categorize it. And it is categorized as explicit because I do have younger people who listen. And I do talk about some deviant things that, you know, um, I don't go into gross detail. Uh, That's not the purpose of the show. But what's interesting is that you can absolutely draw correlations between what we see unfolding in this country and our sexuality, the way we view sexuality, the way we view God within sexuality. I could not even post a very simple tweet last night without every holy roller and pearl clutcher coming out of the, you know, the pews to tell me that that's just not what we need to talk about. And that's fine. If that's who you are, okay. That's fine, but that's not who I am. And and I know for sure that God is not a prude. How do I know that? Because I read his Bible and it's not prudish. So I don't leave my sexuality up to man to um, to translate for me. And you don't have to either. And it really does matter because I'm going to tell you something. If we spent more time coming together and connecting on godly levels within godly constructs, we would not have Black Lives Matter. We would not have... Um, critical race theory. We we would not be fighting the battles we're fighting right now in this country. I know that sounds so like what? How are you connecting sex with you know politics? Well, hello. Do you pay attention to politics? I mean, <laughs> yeah, sex is literally at the epicenter of just about everything. I mean, think about wars that have been uh, started and ended over a woman, over you know, sexuality, period, relationship, relating or lack thereof, fellowship or lack thereof. It's all intertwined. Now, speaking of fellowshipping, so the president, I think, did a great job on Saturday at his first rally post, you know, uh, election apocalypse. And, you know, and left us really the highlight for me was hearing that Joe Biden has cost us our sovereignty. I don't know how many people actually took that to heart. I did, and I tweeted it because it was a profound and very truthful statement. that He's given away our sovereignty. I have friends right now who are deployed. I have friends in harm's way. And so this is very personal for me. Whenever I think about what an ungrateful country we are, and I mean that, um, just how, 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 the the level of ingratitude until there's like a federal holiday that that calls us to remember the sacrifices of others you know and i think about all of you guys out there who are part of the military military family spouses uh moms dads siblings um kids you know and those of you who are actively serving now or who have and we honestly as lay people my father was a world war 2 veteran i watched my nephew who was a lot like my son uh, go into Iraq. I mean, it was, I didn't leave my television for seven days. I moved my bed, my mattress. Uh, Cause I was so, I was as broke as a joke and I couldn't even afford an inflatable mattress at the time, but I moved it down to my television set so I could watch just to, I just wanted to be close to him. I, I wanted to be close to every news report. I, I remember, and I'm kind of having flashbacks of that now because someone I care about, um, and I admire and I respect is in harm's way right now as I'm speaking on behalf of this country. Someone who does things that the rest of us will never be subjected to, would never sign up for. 
And I just think about the level of ingratitude that most Americans live with until now. Until now, when we're when we are faced with exactly what President Trump said, which is our sovereignty has been given away. And I'm telling you now, Herschel Walker has announced, well, I'm sorry, he's about to announce. And I and I'm just I'm just announcing it here because I know that he is going to announce his run for US Senate here in the state of Georgia. And the rest of you, you know, Yahoo's more power to you. Sorry, Mr. Black, but your time as ag commissioner has come and gone. Um, no one is going to beat Herschel Walker. It's just not going to happen. So for you guys giving your money to any other candidate, you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time. Herschel Walker's going to win that seat. You can quote me on that. I 100% believe that. Now, <laughs> he would absolutely win that seat if we were not still voting with the same machines. I, I got to tell you, I you know, I'm, I am, because I am looking at things objectively, I know that's hard to believe because I'm a media, but I do. Um, and I've been putting in my own money, my own sweat, my own blood, my own tears, um, my own time into my own safety into Virginia and into this tour around the country to encourage you guys to empower you with technology, with information, um, you know, to to encourage you to rally on the local level so that you can exercise your power because President Trump was right. You hold the power. This is your country. I say that almost every show. This is your country. Still, this is your country. And so if our sovereignty has been given away, it's up to you to take it back. It's up to you to partner with these men and women who are out here on the front lines right now fighting wars of really crappy politicians. I am ashamed of how partisan our country is. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I think about how bamboozled I was for most of my youth, because I just didn't care about politics. I was like most people, you know, in, in, in from the eighties and our twenties, I, I just wasn't, I didn't care. I was working. I had bills to pay. I had rent to pay. I had a car note to make. I had insurance to pay for. I, you know, I had, clubs to hit up. I mean, I, you know, I was like living the dream. Um, and I just wasn't concerned with politics until I had a child. I just wasn't. And I was raised in a blue collar home. My daddy was a hard worker, never missed a day of work in his life. Working for General Motors was a union card carrying member of the UAW. I heard about the meetings. I saw the layoffs. I saw my dad not want to cross the line and have to relocate for six months without his family so he could keep putting food on the table. I heard about how misinformed my dad was about Republicans being the rich man, didn't care about the working man. You know, I was raised in that cloud, in that environment, and God rest my father's soul. He was a World War II veteran, uh, enlisted at 17, lied about his age so he could go to war and then come back and provide for his family. There was nothing weak or cis about my father. My father was all man all the time. And he was completely imperfect and he was awesome and he was courageous and he was brave and he shed tears over the bloodshed that he saw and that he assisted in perpetuating for the cause of liberation. And whenever you start studying what really went on during those times in World War II, 1933, World War I, when you see who and what is behind world wars, 
And then, and you think about how low, what a, what low hanging fruit partisanship is and how we've allowed partisanship to completely rape. Boy, there's a tough word for some of you guys. Molest. That's actually a legal term, by the way. Molest. To molest our liberties and to steal, to literally steal our sovereignty as a nation through partisanship. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? I mean, we kill our own children in the womb and we call it choice. What is wrong with us? And so there are men and women out there right now fighting for causes that, you know, why the hell are we bombing Syria? What's that? What's up with that, Turkey? I mean, what, what, and you have to always look behind the curtain because there's, you know, usually a general, a man with a whole lot of color on his uniform. There's usually some power hungry mongrel who has made a deal with many devils to line his pockets and to position himself on his throne to where he's completely immovable. And some of them are so slick talking and they sound great and they're Christian and they're wonderful and they've got this tribe of followers and disciples and they could never do wrong, right? Look at all of his accolades and look how much he sacrificed and you have no idea what those dudes are doing behind the scenes. And they send our men and women into harm's way to fight their battles. It's a, tra- it's a travesty, but it's the system. So I'm rethinking a lot of things right now about elections. Some of you are super pumped about, we're going to take it back until we got to take back the house. You know, I watched Marjorie Taylor Greene get up there before, and everyone else after her, you know, before the president. She kind of kicked everything off for the president's rally the other night in Ohio. And, and you know, we're going to take it back. And I'm like, how the hell are you going to do that? Do you understand that the goalposts literally are on wheels whenever it comes to the Democrats? You do know that, right? You do know that. The goalposts are on wheels. They're movable. They did it this last time. And while some of you are so upset because, you know, there's no cohesion within the party. And Candace Owens and Kim Klasick and her little clicky heels, everybody's fighting. You know, two beautiful black women are duking it out now. One's got FEC filing issues. The other one doesn't know what she's talking about with campaigns. And the other one was a stripper. And this person's husband is a blow, whatever. Who knows? I mean, it is like, really, ladies? (laughs) Now's the time you decide to, you know, eject your claws at a time like this? Okay, right? Well, let's retract the clause and get back to objectivity and business. I mean, are we really that desperate for attention? And I don't know if that's cleaning out the swamp, outing someone else's FEC filings, if there's like nothing there to see. I mean, you're, 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 yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other story for those of you who are not familiar um, but these, you know, these girls are like, we're going to take by the house. We're going to do the Senate and I might run for president. And I'm thinking, wow, really with the same goal posts that are on wheels and, and knowing how many votes they need and hardware and software and really crappy actors and your registrars are flooded with, 
bots and with phantom votes and people were able to timestamp votes being moved from Pennsylvania to Georgia. You see this labyrinth of fraud and we really think the emperor's new clothes are that beautiful. Are you guys that naive? And I can hear your frustration boiling already. Well, what do we do, Monica? What do we do? Well, I gave you a prescription months ago for you to hold your constitutional officers accountable in every state. And you know what my state did? (laughs) Ground zero for fraud. They rallied around the fraud. They rallied around the king fraudster and his cabal. I mean, the establishment's completely rallied around the the one person who could have called for a special session in in the state of Georgia and is still lying to you, telling you that he couldn't have done that. When the GOP chair, David Schaefer, has told you ad nauseum how he could have done that and shown you the rules, shown you the laws that Brian Kemp could have executed as governor of the great state of Georgia in order to not certify a fraudulent election. And he did not do it. And yet, you're still going to vote for him. Because he's a party guy. See, there's the partisanship again. It's crazy. I mean, I got a call today from someone who was listening to Gary Black, our ag commissioner. Apparently a very nice man. I don't know. I don't know Mr. Black. Um, but he was like, was there fraud? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Does anyone really know? Well, I don't know, Gary, have you been living under a rock for the past 12 months? I mean, or, or, well, yeah, because I mean, we knew the fraud was possible. I mean, not to mention we live in Georgia, Gary, where Fulton County has been fraudulent, wrought with fraud for the past umpteen election cycles. And now we want to get up there and say, well, we're not really sure. No, we are. We're absolutely sure. And now you've got the Secretary of State's office who's crap in his pants because he knows that we've been sure. And now a lot of this stuff is about to seep out. So we're at a boiling point. We're at a boiling point in the country. And when things become out of sorts, this is how I deal with my terrain being just discombobulated. And I can't tell which way the arrow is up on the milk carton, right? Politically, when when I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I see the boiling point. I see what's happening. I see more protests. I see uh, lack. I see lawlessness. I see zero adjudication. I see uh, division and strife and craziness. I stop in the middle of that. Remember, I've been encouraging you to get into the eye of the storm, the center of the storm, not on the periphery, because you're going to get hit with something, whether it's discouragement or, or bitterness or rage or fear. And these things have a toll. They take a toll on your body, on your health, which is why I want you to tune into this call tonight and call in and hang out with us for 30 minutes of your life which I think can be life-altering for some of you. I'm not kidding. It's been life-altering for a lot of people up to this point. It's it's really good information. It's really good intel. It's good intelligence for you. It's for your life. Again, that number is 712-770-5382. 712-770-5382. 
And the code is 946-1880-POUND, 946-1880-POUND. Uh, if you have any problems at all getting into the call, some of you did last week, uh, you had problems, which shouldn't surprise us because we were also speaking with a physician last week who um, was helping you understand uh, what some of these experimental drugs, a.k.a. vaccines, um, are wreaking um, on the body in how uh, taking certain you know, health protocols um, can help remedy some of that uh, possibly help remedy. I have to, I have to use that as a disclaimer um, can, can possibly. So I, um, it was a very informative call. Um, I learned a lot and I know many of you did as well, but some of you had a hard time getting in. If you have a hard time getting in, I need you to tweet to me because I'll be live tweeting as well during the call. And, um, and just let me know, you can DM me or you can um, just tweet to me on Monica on your talk and let me know that you're having a hard time. I'll have another number for you to log into. Uh, so we've remedied that. But, you know, with regard to intelligence, right, you're going to have to put on your objectivity hat. You're going to have to put on your objectivity hat. That's very important to get your bearings, to get solid footing. And the one way you do that to quit spinning is to stand still. When your world is spinning around you, stand still, look at the horizon. You know, as a pilot, when I had to do these things called figure eights and, and talk about, you know, depending upon how, how, how close you're cutting the eight yet, right? The figure, um, you can get somewhat disoriented and it can be, you know, depending on how sensitive you are with regard to meneers or anything like that, inner ear issues, Um, but my, so my, my, uh, flight instructor was like, look at the horizon, (laughs) focus, focus on the horizon. You know, the word says to look up where your help, where your help comes from. Your salvation draws nigh. Your help comes from above. So when I say I'm a resurrectionist, what do I mean by that? The word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against heaven. And so as a resurrectionist, That means that the battle's already been won and we can celebrate and glory in God's victory and then implement his plans here as kingdom dwellers in this earth who have jurisdiction over this earth to to change the landscape of this country politically by use of our constitution, by protecting our constitution, using our protection, our our constitution to protect the constitution. Some of you are not in favor of a convention of states, and I could not disagree more. And all of this, I, I used to be the person who was like, well, I don't know. I think that could open Pandora's box. From everything I've learned up to this point, you're talking about, it, it would be, unless somehow the entire, and you know what? <laughs> given all the people who turned on President Trump when they should have not certified uh, Marsha Blackburn this election, they should not have certified the election results per states. Should not have done it, especially in Georgia. I mean, you had your own electors here who got together and said, no, we're, we, we're certifying, but in protest, we're, we're, we're certifying to let you know that we don't believe that this should be certified. And they went through the protocol and, you know, here we are. But, you know, every time I see Marsha Blackburn tweet, I just want to vomit because I'm like, really? She's one of the sanctimony rhinos 
sanctimonious ones who, you know, turned on the president because it was just so awful what happened and people storming the Capitol. I just can't, I'm just going to certify a fraudulent election and usher the entire country into communism. And then, you know, and then take to tweeting to stand against the Biden regime. I'm like, shut up. Sit down. And someone's like, well, you don't know. She was, she was threatened. I'm like, yeah, well, get in line. Get in line, Marsha. Everyone standing for liberty is threatened. Everyone, every one of us out here has been threatened with incarceration, with death, with kidnappings, uh, you name it. Hello, with extortion, blackmail. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the party, Marsha. So I don't, I offer zero mercy with people like that. And she's the worst as far as I'm concerned because there's always this, I will never turn on President Trump. And then the first opportunity she got, that that first threat she got, whatever that threat was, boy, it must have been a big one. And she tuck-tailed and, and, and just turn-coated. But now we want to get on Twitter and, and declare sanctimony about how awful the Biden administration is. It's just so bad. And Biden's opened our borders. Well, so did you. The minute you certified that election, you agreed with that certification, you opened the borders, Marsha. You and every other coward who certified the election. So every drop of blood, all the Syrian bombs going off right now, all the children in cages at the border, all of the people being pillaged and, uh, and carjacked and robbed and murdered here stateside, I just want you all to watch your little news cycles and all of the lack of adjudication, all the, all the lawlessness. I just want you to pay attention to every single thing that this country is enduring right now, and I want you to look in the mirror every day and congratulate yourself for ushering that in with your pure cowardice. Pure cowardice. And now you want to talk tough. No, some of us aren't buying it. Speaking of tough, and speaking of holy crap, here we are, what do we expect? This caught my attention and this was really funny. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. But armed robbers hold up TV crew interviewing chief of violence prevention after Oakland cuts cop budget by $18 million. I'm going to read that again. So here we are, right? We've got the chief of violence prevention. I mean, that's like one of those, you know, diversity officers, the equity office, right? Going to make everyone equitable, (laughs) Even though, you know, how does that work exactly? Like, would you just suddenly have equity in my home even though you haven't made a mortgage payment or paid interest? Like, now all of a sudden everyone's equitable? It's the same thing. No, it's called equality. We're all created equal and go create your own opportunity. It's out there. Want equity? Go pay into something. Go invest. Invest your time, your your talent, your treasure. Get busy. Invest that God-given mind of yours. That's how, that's how, that's where equity comes from. What kind of equity have you put in? What kind of elbow grease have you put into this, to this system called America? Oh, nothing. Right. And you want my equity? Better get in the back of the line. I'm not moving. So armed robbers hold up. (laughs) This is 
so good. They hold up the TV crew. Can you imagine? I mean, that'd be like me out on the street, like interviewing someone and someone comes up to rob me. I would literally just start laughing. I would. And I'm armed, by the way. But, you know, I mean, what do you want exactly? Like my earrings, my, my camera, my phone. Okay. I'm like, I'm not going to shoot you over that. Now you try to take my life. It's good. You're probably going to see Jesus before I do. But I'm just saying, that is hilarious. I, I probably would, especially if I was in one of the, well, in my own city. Hello. Hello. I live in Beirut called Atlanta. Yes. And I mean, if I was interviewing, <laughs> if I was on the air and someone legit tried to rob me, I'm telling you, I would, I would laugh. I just would. And I would hope that wouldn't get me shot because, you know, here it's all about disrespect. But I would just laugh because it would just be so ridiculous because it's just so in your face because these dudes don't care. We're going to put up more cameras. I'll never forget when our mayor was running for office, right? <laughs> if you can call her a mayor, a little M mayor, and she's a little tyrant what she is, a little queen with a little Q. She, um, we're, we're going to put up cameras. We're going to be tough on crime and put up cameras. <laughs> I was like, okay. So fun fact, we live in a generation of selfies, right? So let's just consider the psyche of your average criminal. So your criminal gangbangers actually have YouTube channels. Serious. And they're throwing their gang signs and they've got their little rap songs and their hoochies and hoes and whatever they call them and all that stuff. And they got their dollars that they throw at the camera and their little britches are on the ground. And, you know, cause we all know what that means. And, you know, I mean, it's thug life on crack, right? Like literally. And you know, all their murder signs and all their colors and, you know, and they just get verbose. Like they don't care. I mean, it's like, they are literally, literally, they're like the Kardashians of crime. <laughs> they just are. And they love it. They love the ad, the adoration and the, you know, the, the, the stardom of being a criminal gangbanger. They love it. And so a lot of times they're on air just talking about the stuff they've done. Because, and you know why they do it? Because it's so rare that anyone actually prosecutes using a criminal gang statute. Now that's starting to change here in the great, the great county of Fulton County. We have a new sheriff in town, quite literally, but we also have a new district attorney, Fonnie Willis, who is, uh, who appears to be uh, out of the gate. She is uh, exercising our Georgia's criminal gang statute, which is actually one of the toughest in the country. And uh, we need a federal uh, criminal gang statute as it is, but she is exercising this one to create, you know, the, the nexus between, um, criminal gang activity and, um, and prosecuting these folks according, according to the statute, which, which imposes some pretty heavy duty, um, additional time, uh, punishment, you know, I mean, it's, it's no joke. It can be up to plus 50 years, you know, like maybe somebody sentenced to five years with a chance of parole. Well, you add on the criminal gang element to it and you've got another 50 years you're contending with. I mean, and I, I'm not an attorney, but you get my point. It's rough, and she's actually using it, thank God. So hopefully that will be a deterrent as stats go. Uh, I guess studies show, as I've been told, that when it comes to the criminal gang element, they are going to the, the path of least resistance. So you can obviously expect Oakland to be a fun place to live soon. I mean, they've just cut their cop budget by $18 million. 
But hey, thank God they've got this uh, chief of violence prevention. <laughs> what are they going to give out? Like you know your Adderall or you know your script, whatever your 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 script drug is every morning, so that everybody you know line up, get in your trough, and take your meds. That that's your that's your chief of violence prevention. Hilarious is robbed at gunpoint. While, he, while they're being interviewed. <laughs> Sorry, that just tickles me. Because it's what you get. It just is. When you make dumb decisions, like, you know, dismantling your police force, this is what you get. And so, the, welcome to Atlanta, right? And the ATU. And so, that's where I live. So, hey, anything's possible. I mean, I could be interviewing someone and be held up. I'm telling you now, I would laugh. I just would. Because I'd be like... Are you one of Keisha's kids? I mean, that'd probably be the first thing I turned to the person and like, hey, so what's up, dude? I hear you. I feel you. It's kind of easy to be you, isn't it? Isn't it? How does it feel? Let's talk about how you feel about robbing me, the white person, the white lady at gunpoint right now. Let's, let's, I, you know, I'd like to talk about your feelings about this. How, how do you feel about, do you feel empowered right now? Do you feel equitable? Do you feel like, you know, the diverse uh, diversity channels have been open for you and your criminal gang syndicate. I mean, let's let's just let's just talk. Let's talk while you've got me held here at gunpoint. We have completely just crapped the bed. Sorry, but we have. As a nation, we have. So what what is my protocol? Get in the eye of the storm. It's gonna have to pass over your house. It just is. You're not going to escape the storm. But you can batten down the hatches before that, before the periphery crosses across your property line of your mind, your heart, your jobs, your families, your neighborhoods. You can do that. And I always suggest that you look up where your help comes from. Be a resurrectionist. Don't be an insurrectionist. Be a resurrectionist. Because our battle is really in the heavenlies. We know that. And so as battles go, you know, we call upon the Lord's just armies of angels to go before us, behind us, beside us. God's word does not return void. So wherever you speak that word, it's a planted seed and that thing's going to sprout. It is going to sprout. So don't be afraid to speak the truth. Fear is your greatest, you know, enemy. It just is. We hear that a lot. It's just such a great, you know, euphemism. Fear, fear. fear is your, you know, greatest enemy, but it's true. It is absolute truth. Fear of other people. Fear of, you know, of being uh, apprehended for being a truth speaker. I mean, it is nuts. It is it is crazy town out here in this country right now. And I'm telling you, I don't think it's going to get better over the next four to six weeks. I, I just don't. It's a gut feeling I have. It's It's conversations I'm having with other people who are way more in the know than I am on on a national level. Uh, you can turn on your news and see how heated it is in this country. So I want to encourage you to, you know, take a vacation with your family, go to the pool, take a load off, invite people over, have barbecues, you know, fellowship with other people, connect, hunker down, you know, have a plan of action in case you do live in the city or you're in, in a metropolitan area. If things do go down, what if your power grid does go down? Today, LinkedIn was hacked. Millions upon millions upon millions. I mean, almost all of their um, 
almost all of their people uh, on LinkedIn were hacked today. So, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn today, total disaster. So as you can see, I mean, things are hackable, things that you're able to breach systems. So, again, I'm just going to encourage you guys to hunker down with each other. Um, you know, the best thing you can do is to eradicate fear and suspicion and anger and bitterness toward people, you know, whether you're on the road, you're in your neighborhood, you're at work, whatever, you're online, especially. If you want to bring the temperature down in the country, then start in your home, start in your communities, your neighborhoods, have some fun with people, have a cocktail, good grief, you know, light a fire pit, do something, but get outside of the periphery of the storm that is here and it's going to cross over your communities. It just is, it's coming. So just get in the eye of the storm. And uh, where it is peaceful, collect your thoughts about you and uh, be kind to people. Just take a load off for God's sakes. And uh, yeah, oh, and definitely tune in tonight. So like I said, 712-770-5382. Again, that's 712-770-5382. The code to join the call is 946-1880-POUND, 946-1880-POUND. Great information. You can hang up. You're not actually tethered to the call, but I think you're going to be very well informed. And I'm telling you, it's like life, love, and liberty, right? My show. So your life is very important to me. Um, and one way that we, you know, that we mitigate crises like this right now in the middle, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. But some of you aren't going to make it through the storm because your health is suffering because you're stressed the hell out, you know, you're popping antacids every night or Motrin or drinking yourselves to sleep or whatever um, unnecessarily. And so there are remedies, there are answers, there are people, um, you know, at your disposal to be able to make intelligent decisions around your health. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in confusion and all this bitterness that's going on in rage. Just take care of your own home, your own health. I always say at the end of every show, and I'm going to say it right now as I say goodbye, uh, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror and remember if you're an american act like one don't forget to listen to the bedtime stories tonight it's all about sex it is really good stuff and um yeah i think you're (laughs) i think you're gonna really enjoy it i love you guys until tomorrow have a good night